0: This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning. Uh, This is
1: Garrett Crawford with Making Finances Easier, WOKI 98.7. And uh, we are back again this morning. I've got Paul Cochran here with me. How are you doing, Paul? Good morning,
2: Garrett. I'm hunky-dory.
1: Good. Uh, I was driving down... Pelissippi Parkway the other day, and uh, I had a thought, and I thought this would be a good question for this morning, but uh, I moved up to Knoxville in 2006. I came up to UT Knoxville, was a freshman, and uh, my body of knowledge, it regarding knoxville and oak ridge and maryville well i didn't even realize maryville was a town until about five <laughs> years ago i stayed inside the campus bubble but i was on pellissippi parkway and i thought i bet this thing hasn't been here forever and so i know uh you've been a lifelong uh, you grew up in oak ridge lived in knoxville yeah uh how did you get from oak ridge to knoxville before pellissippi parkway Yeah, you, you couldn't get there
2: from here <laughs> yeah you had to get a helicopter or something No, it was uh, it was really kind of funny we, we It did part of Lovell Road and different things. And and I remember as a kid, uh, like growing up in the 60s, when my grandmother would come visit us from Pittsburgh, Yeah, uh, it would take her an hour to fly from Pittsburgh basically to Knoxville. And so we'd have to leave our house to drive to the airport at the time she left her house to fly down here. And so, uh, because it took us... About an hour, maybe a little over an hour, to get to the airport from Oak Ridge, and now with the Parkway, and that's probably still TYS is yes, same yes, airport. Yes, and now with the Parkway, it's you know it's just a game changer.
1: Well, know. and I know I remember the first time. Uh, you know, I married your daughter Eva, and she took me out to visit your mom in Oak Ridge. Yeah. And I was, you know, I kind of knew something about the Manhattan Project, not very much, but I remember driving past those guard towers for the first time as yeah. a 20 year old and thinking, you know, I bet Oak Ridge was kind of tricky to get to, which I think is kind of why they built the town where it was. Right. And so I bet the roads weren't straight and uh, mm-hmm. like a highway into, no. into Oak Ridge before Pellissippi Parkway.
2: Now, a lot of people don't know it, but uh, land area, I think Oak Ridge is bigger than Chicago. Um, uh, obviously not as populated, but th- there's just a lot of land, and it covers part of Andrews County and Rome County. And, um, and so, in fact, yesterday, or over the weekend, I did a, a century on Saturday on um, my bicycle, and I rode out, in part of that whole, uh, I cut through the whole uh, K-25 mm-hmm. uh, area there and went down uh, just a lot of those areas, like near the Dillis community, and just kind of way out there in an area, like one of them was, used to be called Wheat, um... So there's lots of, uh, of countryside and the stuff there. But yeah, it was not metropolitan at all. Hmm. Well, every time I
1: drive over I-40 onto the Pellissippi Parkway, I think, man, there's yeah. a lot of traffic here. And I think I even saw something. I could be totally wrong, but I'm just remembering as I'm talking, like talks of maybe an airport or something out in Oak Ridge that they were trying to get past or, you know, somebody was talking about an idea because I think driving from Oak Ridge to Knox or at least to Tyson has become
2: quite the drive. But anyway. Yeah. You know, it's funny because. I we knew some people uh, that whose homes were they had to relinquish you know, with the Imminent domain mm-hmm. uh, thing when they were building the parkway and i know some people are still bitter about that you know because they it went right through their property and that type of thing but there's, there's not a whole lot you can do about that well i uh, i like
1: pellissippi parkway it
2: makes my life a lot yeah, easier it does. Um, well
1: uh you know paul i kind of thought we'd uh, we'd jump in i know we've talked about social security the past couple weeks and we hit a little topic in there about survivor benefits how that's a really important part mm-hmm. and uh It's one thing that people often don't really think about until they get ready to file for it. But I thought we could kind of spin off that idea. We, we help a lot of people as they get close to retirement age and even through retirement. And there are big life changes that can occur in retirement. And I thought we'd maybe talk about some of those, kind of the expected ones we know are going to happen, the unexpected ones, and how that can affect clients from a financial planning or tax situation. But um, maybe the, the first one, we could just talk about uh, how a spouse when they pass, you know, people usually don't, don't, don't pass on the same day, the same day, there will be some time differential between when, when a couple passes, but some of the financial planning challenges of what happens when a spouse dies.
2: Yeah, you know, this is really important. I think a lot of people, uh, especially when they're, you know, they're happily married and everything's going great and they're busy playing pickleball or whatever. There, there's a lack of understanding of what can happen when there's just one of them left. So I'm really glad we're we're touching base on this, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a death, um, yeah. or even a remarriage on or, the opposite. Yeah, the yeah, remarriage. Let's say, or or a first marriage. Let's say somebody's lived a long time and they finally got married, maybe in their fifties, for example. Um, the point is, those uh, have. Uh, profound effects on a financial plan and so you know, nobody plans for divorce and, and, and it's, uh, but you, you, you do know that if you're a spouse one of you is going to outlive the other one yeah. statistical probability of you be both dying on the same day is, is remote and so thinking those things through it, uh, is important.
1: So maybe that would be good maybe you could start off with some of the tax challenges to be anticipated in a scenario like that
2: well, the, uh, what you end up seeing when someone, uh, if somebody's left alone, you go from a married filing jointly to uh, filing as a single, and the, you're definitely in a situation where your tax brackets will be higher for the same amount of income. There's just no getting around it. Now, a lot of what, Garrett, you and I talk about now is going to end at the end of 2025, that the t- current tax brackets are going to sunset and things are going to be changing. Um, but let me just see if I can give a quick example. Um, in uh, uh, Let's see. for If you're married filing jointly and let's say um, you make... Um, one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars in in a year. Um, well, you can make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you'll be at the twenty-two percent tax bracket if you're married filing jointly. Well, if your spouse dies, you're automatically going to be at least in the twenty-four percent tax bracket, and uh, it's possible if you're you know if you're over say if you make over 200000 in a year, you'd be in the 34% tax bracket. So the, And so the difference between a 22% tax bracket and a 34% tax bracket, you know, that requires some planning.
1: Yeah. And uh, just for listeners that are out there, Paul and I deal with this uh, regularly. And so like what happens in that first year that like a spouse dies is that, uh, you confirm this with your accountant for sure, but... Uh, you'll you get to, if, if your spouse dies in July or May or something of this year, you get to stay on as married filing jointly for the remainder of the year. But the following year, you are now an independent individual filer and so uh, in the year of death you get to stay at your married filing jointly but the following year you're going to switch over to a, to a higher rate particular and so we had a client that just went through something like this and they got sticker shock the following year from their accountant not that we didn't talk through it and didn't plan around it a little bit but it was unexpected and uh, he was like man yeah. <laughs> these numbers go down quite a bit when it's an individual uh person
2: and we've been doing this long enough um that uh what we're talking about is so mainstream i mean garrett when i think about our client base just think how many widows we have and widowers in fact we had uh, you know we had a few uh pass away just in the last 12 months and um and we had two divorces you mm-hmm. know in the last uh 12 months and um that, that life happens, and so um, both of those situations. We'll, we'll not talk about divorce yet, but but so the tax bracket change is is significant. And I know uh, one of our clients, on in Sweetwater, he was just flabbergasted by um, by how his tax brackets changed when he was single. Yeah, so, and so just real quick for listeners, uh, like
1: in twenty twenty three, if if you're married filing jointly, above 89,000 is when you get into the 22% tax bracket. Below 89,000, you're at 12%. That's a huge difference. Uh, If if a spouse, passes away or you're divorced and you're now in the individual bracket, you hop up from that 12 to 22 percent bracket at just forty four thousand dollars worth of income. And so that's that's one threshold, Mm -hmm. uh, which is going to affect a lot of people. Uh, Some of our clients where where it can affect them is even in the next level where uh, while they're married they don't hit like a 32 percent tax bracket unless their income is above 364 uh, as a married filing jointly which is a higher number but if they are an individual that number is hundred and eighty two thousand dollars and so what we see a lot of times is okay you know whether I'm divorced or whether my spouse passes you know my my income or my expenses are going to drop, and uh, if my expenses are going to drop, you know I'm probably going to be around in the same ballpark. Well, you your standard deduction that a lot of people are going to take is going to be cut in half. But what we found, uh, and we'll talk about this here in a second, maybe a Social Security. Uh, but a lot of times our clients will have other income sources from savings and investments, and they still have you know especially if a spouse dies earlier than expected and they had enough assets to prolong them through retirement, they find themselves uh taking the same amount of income from their investments because they have a lifestyle that they need to leave to live and to upkeep. And so their expenses actually don't drop as much as maybe they think they would. And so it causes this issue where, um at the passing of a spouse or a divorce situation where you're uh, your tax bracket goes up, but your expenses stay relatively the same. Right. And, and that's a challenge to be anticipated.
2: Right. And, and uh, so often when we're uh, doing financial planning and helping people think these things through, you know, as a matter of course, we, uh, you know, without exception, we're going to ask, okay, so this pension you have, um, how is that set up for survivorship? And oftentimes the response will get is well, we don't, I don't know, I'm not sure what I chose. Well, it's really really important to know what your so what your spouse would receive if something happened to you. Would they get 50% of it? Uh, is there a lump sum option? You know what what are the alternatives? So whether it's a pension, perhaps they have an annuity source of income. How will that income change uh, when? Uh, there's only one of you instead of two. And that dovetails into Social Security.
1: Yeah, and, well, before we do that, I was just thinking, uh, oftentimes,
2: uh,
1: on average, all that information for our clients is up in here, and I'm pointing to my head. Uh, it's not really on a sheet of paper. It's not known. And even more so, usually, one spouse will kind of dominate the financial Uh, planning for a couple Mm -hmm. and so all that information is in one person's head Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes even hidden so a spouse uh, that's not as involved in the finances is just kind of unclear about what that will look like and I think that's one thing that uh, I'm I'm eager for when we bring on a new client is we use a software called Money Guide, uh, Money Guide Pro. But it's, it's basically a financial planning software where we can kind of plug different information in for pensions and investments. But one thing I really want them both to see is when something happens to one of you. And we'll play both scenarios. If something happens to you know this, uh, the wife, here's how much income would be left guaranteed coming from Social Security or investments or a pension for the husband. Uh, in the opposite view, if something happens to the husband, here's how much would be left for the spouse. And uh, it's, it's just interesting. We do that so often. And usually there's a light bulb moment of, OK, we haven't really talked about yeah. this. Yeah. And... Um, I could get by, I'd be okay, but that number looks a little uncomfortable to me. Mm. And so, uh, and sometimes he didn't tell me that. (laughs) Uh, And so... you know again the purpose of this one isn't life insurance we're not talking about that today but sometimes depending on the age and the health that can be a conversation of whether a life insurance policy needs to be bought in order for a spouse to be protected if if one spouse dies early in retirement but making sure that both spouses are on the same page for how much income is going to come in is very important but on our side I think that helps us jump to the financial planning conversation that we're talking about now. What if all that pension money is guaranteed for the next spouse as well? So the remaining spouse gets the higher Social Security benefit. They get the full pension. They're going to have investments. And they say, oh, well, that's not so bad. I'm going to have about the same amount of income even if my husband dies before I do. But that's the that's the challenge we're talking about right now is that that's when your tax rate goes up if you right. become single, but your income stays relatively the same. And so
2: um, let, let's hop real quick to your question about Social Security. Well, what I was going to say, um, well, first, uh, we're at 865-770-5031, uh, or you can go to makingfinanceseasier.com. And I highlight that because if you're a listener and you pretty much handle the the finances, um, I've lost count, Garrett, of how many through the years have come, and the main reason they've come. We've even had several CFPs come to us, you know, for this very thing, and the reason they're here. Is because if if something happens to them, they want their spouse in trusted hands. Yeah,
1: and cognitive decline is another one of those right.
2: unexpected events
1: where uh, a stroke, uh, anything that causes that primary planner uh-huh. in a relationship to decline, w- you know, we we've got a problem. Uh, so,
2: so for the do-it-yourselfers out there, um, you know, that that is an advantage uh, that we bring to the table. So. Let, let's say you're, you know, you're 65 and you've been uh, do yourself or your whole working life, but uh, but maybe you, you know you're, you're tired of doing that. Well, w- we have got um, a lot of experience in working through this. So let's go over to Social Security.
1: Yeah. So at a high level, Social Security benefits work like this. Let's say you have a traditional married couple; they both worked. Uh, They both have their own social security benefit. And even if one of the spouses hasn't worked, maybe they've been a homemaker, uh, you can still be eligible for a social security benefit based on your uh, spouse's working record. So let's just say we've got a married couple. And they both have Social Security benefits. And let's say uh, the husband uh, dies prematurely in their 70s. And let's say uh, the husband's benefit was $3,000 a month and the wife's benefit was $2,000 a month. So while they're both alive, they have $5,000 a month coming in, which is a healthy, uh, good Social Security amount. It's uh, $60,000 a year. When one spouse dies... It doesn't matter who, the remaining spouse is gonna keep the higher of the two benefits. So in our example, the wife would inherit the higher $3,000 a month benefit, but the $2,000 a month benefit would disappear. And so where they were at $60,000, a year in Social Security benefits. That has now dropped down to $36,000 a year in Social Security. And so that's kind of circling back to what I said earlier. Well, you know, it it is a good thing that the remaining spouse gets the higher amount, but, you know, my income expenses should go down and so it should kind of level out. But that's just where we see, at least with our, our clientele, and, you know, our clients probably aren't, average uh, on average but our clients their expenses just don't drop that much mm-hmm. and so uh, depending on where their income level was at let's say it was at a hundred and thirty hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you take out a standard deduction from that and then you put them into the individual bracket they're gonna go from a you know a 22 percent uh maybe up to 24 maybe they were down in the 12 percent and they're going to hop up to a 24 and so we just want to be careful with that so social security benefits the survivor part you get to keep the higher one and your net social security benefits will go down but if you have other income sources at play especially uh it feels like the predominant one is if somebody has a pension, they'll leave 100% to a spouse. You might find that your income level doesn't drop that much. So I guess where maybe we could end up here, Paul, uh, is maybe let's let's talk about some some foresight planning a little bit. So everything is hunky-dory. We've just retired. We've got a married couple. The furthest thing from their mind is uh, what if something happens to us prematurely? How do, how do you handle talking with that client, and what are some of the areas that you're discussing as far as, you know, and I think that the stereotypical example would be a a couple that has a large, let's say over a million dollars in
2: 401k IRA money. Okay, so that is a great question. So part of what's gonna be happening as we draw someone out is we're gonna find out what do they want to see happen to those assets when neither one of them are there? In other words, do they want to pass it on to someone? Is there a charitable inclination? Is is there a generous desire to give? Uh, um, so that that's a that's a big deal mm-hmm. uh, because part of what we're after there is um, is we need to think through how would they pay for long-term care? You know, we've done several things on long-term care, and so if someone is uh, is married. Uh, you know, it's 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 a great idea so that the survivor doesn't um, spend down assets. Well, that 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 the sick one doesn't spend all the assets that the survivor would need, you know, to continue living. But if they're married and they've already gotten their long-term care plan, and one of them dies, the survivor's still covered, so they can still maintain their independence and they can control their health care choices with money that's with with caregiving that's paid by an insurance company rather than draining their assets. So step one, as I really want to look at what do they want to see happen to this money, you know, besides generating income, do they want to spend it all down to zero or do they want to pass on some to either charity or next look like? And I even think, too,
1: a big conversation is Roth conversion planning. And so for somebody that has a heavy 401k balance, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and actually might make sense now to go ahead and do that, even if you both lived to 110. But, Especially if the market's dead. But down. what we're talking about today, it's another kind of insurance play with the Roth conversion, where you're protecting in case somebody does die that they don't have a long time paying a higher bracket, but.
2: Uh, Yeah, wouldn't it be great for that survivor to have tax-free income? Uh, Not only tax-free income, but they wouldn't have to take a required minimum distribution, you know, from it either. Yeah, and as a financial planner,
1: I I love when there's different types of money. It gives me flexibility to kind of, based on the year, based on the expenses, minimize tax burdens.
2: Well, we've covered a lot here this morning, 865-770-5031. Feel free to call us with questions, or you can go to Making Finances Easier. Uh, We're Providence Advisors Group. Uh, Look us up, and we look forward to talking to you. All right. Talk to
0: you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC, Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management. LLC are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes